Well, good morning. It's wonderful to be here. And um, it's wonderful to say this is my home church, even though I'm not here. But it is my home church when I'm in the country. And uh, I love being here. And um, I'm only in the country about three days a month. So, But, uh, you know, when I stopped pastoring, and uh, church, many churches around the world, uh, you know, wanted me to join them. I just knew in my heart of hearts this was the place I wanted to be. So thank you. Thank you. And, um, ah, well, I've done this. Okay. Whatever you say is good. You're the boss. You're my pastor. <laughs> but um, um, the kingdom of God is coming out of one of the longest winters that has ever lived. And there has been a season where the, um, it has been a spiritual winter and a small emotional winter for everyone. I'm in a different part of the world, literally, every week. And it is the same thing from one side of the globe to the other. But a few months ago, the Lord began to speak very clearly that, as in the Songs of Solomon, the winter has ended. And we have begun a spiritual spring that is different than any other spring that has ever, ever happened. And this is a spring where there is going to be fruitfulness like few times we have ever seen fruitfulness in our lives. This is a spring when the Lord is coming to restore and is coming to rebuild. The Lord said to me, tell my people, I am coming to give them the rewards for their suffering. And sufferings are very important to the Lord. He doesn't take it lightly when the fires come that cause suffering in our lives because the fire that causes suffering makes us like him. For it is a transformation that it does in our hearts and in our lives. And I'm speaking prophetically, corporately to you right now. The Lord has seen your sufferings and the rewards are great. You have received rewards at different times for many things. But the rewards of your suffering are going to surpass any other rewards you have ever received in your life in your lives, and the Lord is bringing a restoration of old things, for he is releasing, bless you, he is releasing, uh, bringing a release of, you know, the Lord said, annuals and perennials are being given to the kingdom, and the annuals are the gifts and anointings God is redistributing that are great talents that others have buried, and I know God is giving you talents that others have buried, and this house is going to arise to be a distributor of talents in the kingdom, for you carry spirit of a stewardship and a great anointing for a stewardship. You have been faithful in so little. And with little you have built, and with nothing you have raised, and you have stood in authority. And because of that, the Lord is giving you the higher portions that others have coveted in the land. And this house will arise in a stewardship to manage, and man kingdom management is going to be released in here, and you will be known as kingdom managers, which is a wonderful thing. God is adding those annuals, the fresh fruits, the fresh 
See, it's a fresh harvest, but he's also restoring perennials. He's bringing back talents and anointings, and this is corporate for you, an individual, and if you are visiting for you too. And it is, the Lord is restoring the old anointings, old gifts, old things that you saw once moving in your lives or in your ministries and seem to decrease. But just like the perennials, they have been hidden for a season or a few seasons for some, but God is bringing them back. And it's a fruitfulness like you have never seen before a harvest, a golden harvest that God is bringing. I saw the wheat is ready for this house, and it is ready to be shaken and be released. The shaking is for release of those seeds. It's not a shaking that is taking, it's a shaking that is giving and is releasing over your lives. You see, and I want to talk for a few minutes about uh, some of the areas, some of the things that God is going to, is highlighting for us to run the rest of the race with an amazing breakthrough, with an amazing speed, with amazing acceleration. In John 15, verses 1 to 8, we read how Jesus explained one of the most wonderful things that can possibly happen to us in the kingdom of God. And it is one of those things that most of us have not quite understood. But it's a wonderful thing, and it is the importance, the joy, the blessing of pruning. And Jesus... Jesus explained it very well. And the thing is, we are living in a season of transition where we have to move from human perspective to heavenly perspective. It's urgent. It's pivotal. It is one of the most important things right now, for we have lacked that in the kingdom of God. We are so attached to our earthly life and the earthly culture that we live in human perspective. In Matthew 16, Jesus is talking, starting verse 21, he's talking to the disciples, and he's telling them what is going to happen to him when he went to Jerusalem. And he's telling them it is going, he's going to be arrested, he's going to be beaten, he's going to be put in prison, then he's going to be killed, the whole thing. And there is Jesus telling the disciples what to them is terrible news. And so there is Peter in there. And I love Peter, I absolutely love Peter. I can't wait to have coffee with him. Because Peter, I, I'm, you know, we just think alike. I am a Peter. You see, Peter was so real. He made mistakes. He didn't pretend. I'm not really a spirit, very spiritual. You would be amazed how unspiritual I can be. You know, I'm not a spiritual. I'm highly relational with the Trinity. We live in high relationship, the four of us. But I'm not spiritual by the religious minds of a spirituality. But... There is Peter who wasn't either, but he was relational with Jesus. He made many mistakes, not just the one. We all focus on the one. He made more than one mistake. But Peter is the only one who knew Jesus in a different way than all the others did. He ex because he was willing to make a mistake, he showed that he trusted Jesus. You only feel safe to make a mistake if you trust only in an environment of trust can you be willing to step out, be real, and make a mistake. 
And that is the mark of great leadership. Great leadership allows people that the safety, the security of making mistakes in safety. Mistakes in the kingdom of God are not a problem, provided they are made in love. Mistakes in love are not a problem because God redeems, because he sees the heart, and he teaches us. I have made more mistakes than all of you. And if it were a problem, I wouldn't be here. But you see, Peter was there. He wasn't afraid to make a mistake. We cannot advance and grow without a mistake. You see, but he trusted Jesus. He, he knew he could do it. He knew, and he experienced Jesus in restoration, in acceptance, in forgiveness. He experienced Jesus in a way that the other 11 didn't. And the one who made the mistakes was the one, the only one who walked on the waters. He trusted Jesus to take his word and step out. He was the one that was used the most in the book of Acts. He, he actually was the one who had spearheaded the revival of the book of Acts. It was Peter. You see? So there is Peter here, who one day had a great breakthrough when Jesus was saying to them, who do you say I am? And he said, you know, everybody's guessing. Peter comes up with a great revelation. You are the Messiah, the Son of God, the Great One. And then imagine, he probably felt like, a champion. I got it. The others didn't, but I got it. I, God spoke to me from, Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. So one day he's on the top of the mountain. The next day, his, Jesus is saying this. Saint Peter takes him aside and rebukes him. After he had the great revelation of Jesus is, he rebukes Jesus. You know, only Peter would do that. And so, Peter said to him, you know, heaven forbid these things will happen to you. And in other words, let me rephrase because I know how Peter thinks, what he was thinking. Peter is saying to Jesus, like seriously, if you know that's going to happen to you, don't go there. <laughs> Common sense. This can happen. Heaven forbid. No, no, no. So, you know, if that's going to happen there, let's go the other way. Avoid the whole thing. Very simple. Why are you doing this, heading in that direction? Like, really? And Jesus said to Peter, in verse 23, he said to him, get behind me, Satan. Because, imagine, he went from a mountaintop to, you know, being humbled. And then he said, uh, Get behind me, Satan, because, and this is a key that we have to learn to use like yesterday. It's so important in this season and to finish the race. Without this, you will trip on the sticks and the stones. And he said, you get behind me, Satan, because you are a deadly trap to me. And you, another version says, you are a stumbling block to me because you process things according to human perspective, not heavenly perspective. According to the human point of view, not the heavenly point of view. Because you process things according to what is important to man, not what is important to God. And Jesus separated human perspective from heavenly perspective. 
You see, and that is a problem the church at large we have been dealing with. We process everything through human perspective. We even process a scripture through human perspective, human point of view and understanding. What is important to us? We process promises of God that way. Even prophecies, you receive prophecies, you process them through human perspective. And the process and the journey the, the, to get you there, you process it through human perspective. What does it do to me? What does it mean? How do I feel? You know, you're trying to reason it. When you live in human perspective, you need understanding. Reasoning is very important. Understanding as to why things happen. When you're living heavenly perspective, that's not important. You don't need to understand, you just trust. You believe that the journey doesn't change the destination. And you know that he's watching and everything will work out. It's a different realm of living than human perspective. And through human perspective, what Jesus was saying was going to happen to him was horrible. Peter said, let's not do it. From heavenly perspective, is the best thing that could have happened. You see, when we learn to see things and live in heavenly perspective, we will soar over the storms. We will have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. We will see restoration. We will see breakthroughs. We will see God do supernatural, amazing things in our lives. It's all about heavenly perspective. And... Uh, so, you know, let's talk about pruning from heavenly perspective. Because from a human perspective, from earthly perspective, when you say pruning, you cringe. Everybody's <gasps> because it is perceived as a bad thing. It is perceived as punishment, some kind of discipline, something bad is happening. But that's not the way it is. That's only the human perspective. Pruning is something to... We, sh we should want it. We should, uh, you know, know. We should delight and celebrate when pruning comes into our lives. Because Jesus is saying, I am, in, John, in John 15, from 1 to 8, he said, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He said, I am the great vine, and my father is the gardener. And that's really important. He said, my father is the gardener. Every branch that is in me that brings fruit, he will prune so it can bring more fruit. See, are you hearing this? He will prune. Hello, honey. He will prune so it can bring more fruit. And he said, but if you are in me, if I am in you and your words are in me, then... It said, you will be saved, you will be pruned, you will be fruitful in there. But if you are not attached to the vine, then you will be cut off, put into a pile, and burned up. He said, but, he said, if you are in me and my words, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you can ask anything you want, and my Father will give it to you. That's an amazing thing, but it's conditional. If these two things happen, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then, you know, abide means is resident. You, it's, you know, not just temporary, it's a permanent thing. Then you can ask whatever you want and it will be given to you. 
we have to meet conditions to get the results. This is a conditional promise. If you do this, you get this. You see, we need, it's so often because of human perspective, we don't pay attention to conditions. Conditions, conditions. You see, when I was pastoring, a young woman came into my, my office and said to me, and I only pastored a third of my life back then. I mean, just stopped, I stopped pastoring about six, four or five months ago. But, you know, um, a young woman came into my, my office and said to me, you know, I'm having trouble with what you teach us because you keep telling us the Bible is true and God doesn't have favorites and he does what the Bible says. She said, well, I don't believe that anymore because the Bible says that God will grant us the desires of our hearts. And I have never in my whole life as a Christian have been granted a single desire of my heart. I see others getting them, but I don't never. He said, so how can the Bible be true? Because I only had this much time to pastor. I had to go right to the issue, you know, I couldn't do the you know, flowerly thing, you know, let's deal with this. We had the inner healing people in the office next door, and I would tell them, after you finish with me, go get healing from me over there, because you're going to need it. And I said to her, dear, it's very simple. I can help fix that right now. Have you ever read the first part of the verse, Psalm 37, verse 4? That's what you're quoting. Have you ever read the first part of the verse? Delight yourself in the Lord. And as a result of that, it's conditional. He will give you the desires of your heart. You meet the condition, it's a guarantee. You don't even have to pray or struggle or strive. It will happen. I said to her, I have known you for so many years as a friend and also as your pastor. I have never seen you delight yourself in the Lord ever. So, but I can tell you what I see you delight in. You have great delight in your problems. You delight tremendously in complaining. You delight in negativity. Your great delight is in gossip. I said, these are the things and many others, but that I see you delight in. So how can you expect God to give you the desires of your heart if you, your delight is somewhere else? Like seriously, common sense people. It's so easy. You know, pastors that live longer, I wouldn't have to color my hair so much. If, if there was common sense, I became gray. And so, you see, delight yourself in the Lord. The delight, there is the same delight in Psalm 1, verse 2. And that delight is a Hebrew word that I like Hebrew because uh, it's a language of pictures. What it means, that delight particularly means bent towards him, bent towards him, and as a result of that, he will give you the desires of your heart. Live your life like the sunflower, bent towards him. You see, that's what it means, delight, in those two scriptures. And when he talks about he delights over you, it means that he's bent towards you. You see, it means when you go through life, whatever happens, what you, uh, do you bend towards the problem? Do you bend towards fear? Do you go forward, bend towards all those things, or bend towards him? That is what that means. So if you do that, you will get the desires of your heart. Easy. Easy. That alone will take us to the top of mountains. 
you see, but human perspective is the problem we have. So Jesus is saying there, you know, if you remain in me, conditional, and my word remain in you, conditional, you will, can ask anything you want and it will be granted to you. Now, you see, this is a key to have answered prayers. You see, one of several, but that is a very important one. So there we are, and then he says, because when you become, we're back in John 15, because when you become fruitful, then you prove yourselves to be my disciples, and that will bring great glory to my Father. And in there, Jesus is saying, you know, if you are, you are the branches, if you are connected in me, if you are fruitful, my Father, who is the gardener, will prune the branches. So it can bring more fruit. See, pruning is for fruitfulness, people. Pruning is for fruitfulness. There's the only reason why pruning happens. I teach with the story, so I have an amazing story about this. A long time ago, when um, my late husband and I were uh, just married shortly after, he, I love roses, so he went, we went out and he bought me three rose bush, bushes, beautiful ones. They were supposed to be identical. We planted them outside our house at the front. One of them, the middle one, was from outer space. The whole thing began to grow and grow and grow, took over the other two completely and kept on growing and growing. And we came up to the window and it was covering the window. It was amazing. We had to tie it back around the window. And instead of giving me uh, individual roses, it gave me clusters of roses. And the fragrance of those roses was like nothing I had ever smelled. You know, I could open the door and the window and it would come right in into the house, that fragrance. It was so gorgeous and so glorious that I looked after it so much. I made sure it was well fed. It was taken care of never had a dry leaf at all. It was perfect. And it was just blossoming. The fruitfulness of, of it was grand, great. And so I had great joy in my rose bush, great pride on my rose bush. And I used to look with delight as people would drive in front of my house and they would Roll, slow down, roll down the window, and admire my rose bush. And I used to, sometimes I opened the door and would stand next to the bush. <laughs> it's my bush. Look at this mine. Makes my house look great, makes me look great. It's mine, you see. I drove around town to make sure that no one else had a one like mine. I proved. I drove through every street of our town. It's fine. I don't mind. And, uh, you know, every street of, the, of our town that we lived at the time, it was unique. It was amazing. So I began to put identity in this rose bush. You see, it was mine, and it is great. No one has one like mine. It is wonderful. And you see, it's very common in life to attach our identity to the blessings of God. 
So when God blesses you with something, because of his kindness, because of his love, because of his kingdom, it's very easy to think, you know, we have some ownership in that, and it is because of me, because of us that God has done this. It's attached to me. That's why it is so good. It's because of me. And when we do that, we begin to spoil the whole plan, because that is not the reason we Tend to we, we all do it. No one can throw a fir- the first stone in the kingdom of God about anything, and so there we are. And there you are. And you let's say <clears throat> you are leading worship somewhere, and Holy Spirit falls down on the fourth song, and everybody is just impacted, and it is amazing. And there you are, and people say, "You see what happened through worship, and see what happened with that song." And then you say, "Oh yes, it was amazing, but..." I sang it, remember? When I sang that song, you know, it's my bush, me and my bush, we're together here. You see, I sang the song, that is important. That, that's the Holy Spirit fail, yes, but I sang the song. Yes, I, I gave that message that changed the whole church. Yes, Holy Spirit did it, but I preached it, you know. So is that part that of our human perspective. So, it was glorious. It was the best thing ever. So my husband, one day, out of the blue, came outside, and he was holding some horrible things I had never seen in my whole life. It was like a pair of scissors about this big, <laughs> and began to kill my bush. That's the only thing I can say. He was cutting and cutting and cutting. And I ran out to see it, such horror. And I began to fight him. I said, then what are you doing? What is wrong with you? Why are you hurting my bush? You know, haven't you seen it is glorious? There's nothing wrong with it. Why are you doing this to my bush? I said, besides, it's mine. You didn't even ask me if you could. You're killing it, and it's mine. You see, God never asks your permission to start cutting and pruning and changing, you know, and we start saying, but it's my life, it's my ministry, it's my family, it's my business, it's my finances. And uh, I said to him, you know, why, you have to stop doing this, you're hurting it. And I was fighting him, which is usually our first reaction when God starts working in our lives. We begin to fight him, stop, stop, stop. What you are doing is stop. I don't like it because human perception says it is bad. It hurts. You are killing it. You are killing this. Why are you doing this? See, human perspective. And so I even said to me, well, honey, just stop for a moment. And he said, oh, so. Hor- he used to say horrible things to me all the time, like really horrible things. He was a nice man, but he said horrible things. Relax. <laughs> Seriously, relax. I'm a Latina. Tell, passionate, tell me to relax when he's killing my bush. You know, no, it doesn't happen. Trust me. Don't you hate those words? (laughs) Trust me. You know, God likes to say those things a lot. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. Really, it doesn't look like it. You know, 
And so there he is, he said, relax. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. He said, the problem here is, we're looking at this with two different eyes. He said, and because of that, we are not agreeing. So we have to learn to agree with God. And he said to me, you, my dear, have never in your life gardened anything, ever. Which is true. I have never gardened. I attempted it once. And as I was weeding the thing, I managed to pull out all the vegetables and left all the weeds. We had an amazing harvest. It was all weeds. So I learned. I was, well, I didn't learn. I was told, never gardening again, go to the market. So he said to me, you have never gardened in your life because of that. You have observer's eye and untrained eye that causes you to see only the appearance of this. You just see the fruit and you think it is good and that's where you stop. See, that's human perspective. What you see and you stop there. And he said, but I grew up in a farm and I am a gardener. I have grown everything that can be grown. I have grown it, he said. Therefore, I have the eye of a gardener. He said, when I look at your bush, I see it with the eye of the gardener. So we have a very different perspective. He said, this rose bush is amazing. It is magnificent. There is absolutely nothing wrong with it. Said so that's why I'm doing this. Try to make sense of that. You know, all I heard was, I'm killing it because it's good. That's all I heard. And so I fought him again, like, oh, hello, listen to what you are saying, so stop. And, you know, the problem with pruning is, pruning happens to you when you are doing the best in, the, in their life. When you are the most fruitful, you are in the kingdom of God. When your relationship with Jesus and you are plugged in and connected, when there is no dry leaf in you, that's when pruning happens. When you are fruitful, that's when you pruning comes. And that's the confusion we go through. Why is this happening? If I'm doing everything right, I can't do. If we are obeying God at church, if we are running the ministry the way God wants, if we are being obedient, we are being faithful, we are, you know, what am I doing wrong? Where is my hidden sin? What, why is God doing this? Why is the devil doing this? We give more credit, more fame to the devil than he deserves. Not everything, even the difficult things, are not always the devil. You see, but pruning is not from the devil. It feels like it, but it isn't. Pruning, the devil will never, can never, will not prune your life, your ministry, your finances, your relationships, whatever it is in your life. Hello. The devil will never prune you because pruning is for fruitfulness and the devil will never, ever, ever make you fruitful. You see, pruning is for fruitfulness. You know you are being pruned and something challenging comes into your life and you search your heart, you see, and there is anything you can say, uh, 
I need to repent from this or that. I'm not talking about being perfect, you know. We have to repent every day for many things. But I'm talking about intentional areas that need, you know, a bit, a God to step in to correct, or, you know, or that open the door to the devil. If you talk to people in authority over you who you are accountable to, and they don't find anything, then relax, you're being pruned. And it's a great, great thing because the only reason for pruning is you are fruitful and God is making you more fruitful. It's increasing your harvest. It's increasing the fruitfulness of your life or your gift or your ministry or whatever he has given you, even your business or your relationships. You see, God is into harvest and fruitfulness. And this season is for that. We are going to see the greatest harvest of the prunings of our lives in this season that has begun already. So, you see, and when we look at it from human perspective, we need understanding why, 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 why. If you need to have if the question why, is important to you. You are living your Christian life in human perspective. And that is a problem. Faith doesn't grow that way. Miracles, supernatural, doesn't happen that way. Inheritance doesn't happen that way. You will not finish the race if you need to have the question why satisfied. Because that is not kingdom heavenly perspective. You see, heavenly perspective says even if it's kills me, I will still trust in him. You see, even he slays me, I will still trust in him. If you have any perspective, it's so different. That's, you don't need to understand to trust him. Human perspective says, if I understand, I will trust you and then I will believe. Human perspective. Heavenly perspective says, I believe you because I trust you even if I don't understand. Heavenly perspective, faith is found in this, not in this one. And so we, when, when you're living this heavenly perspective, you move on. You, you keep on going, but you're living earth, human perspective, you get stuck in the situation. You get stuck in the problem. You get stuck in whatever has come to you. That's how you know which perspective you are living in. We need to get unstuck. So... He kept telling me, he said to me, Ivan said to me, honey, when I look at this bush, I see what is inside the bush. Inside this bush, in the core of it, it carries, it has the potential to grow two to three times as big and can give you easily three times the harvest. The fruitfulness will increase. It has the potential to give you Two to three times the fruitfulness, he said, and it can live a lot longer being fruitful. He said, if I leave it like this, I see this, it is great, and you are getting a good harvest, but it will only go for so long, and then it will begin to decrease and decrease and decrease, and that will be it. So by, by doing this, what I am doing that to you appears, it feels like it is really bad, said, so this is what I am doing for you, what I am guaranteeing you. I'm guaranteeing that by doing this, this bush is going to grow 
to its full potential, which you can see, but I can't see. You can't, but I can. You see, I'm guaranteeing you greater fruit, 60, 80, and 100, the Bible says. Bring a harvest of 60, 80, and 100. You say, I'm giving you that. You're going to see 100% harvest out of this bush. You won't miss anything. So, but on top of that, I'm giving you longevity. By doing this, it's going to last fruit, in fruitfulness and harvest for many more years than it would if I don't do this. Pruning. That's what it guarantees. When God prunes your life, he's guaranteeing longevity. You will be fruitful all the days of your lives. And no matter what circumstances you go through, you will be fruitful in them. Always. You will see that from beginning to end, you will not end. You will not see it come to, a, you know, to an end sooner. But what God has given to you will last and last and last and last. You know, long, long term. You will see increase of harvest for the kingdom. That gift that you have is going to increase so much and multiply. That's what pruning does. You will see multiplication of fruitfulness of harvest in your lives with longevity and with increase. You want more. You prayed for more. You, those big scissors will come. Those shears, I, I heard they're called. You know, if you have ever prayed, we want more, which we just did over there. I was there. We did. You know, you will be pruned to get more and to give more and to receive more. It's necessary. People's part of our lives. So, you know, I was there trying to understand what this man was telling me, which I couldn't figure it out. I heard when he said, but I couldn't figure it out at the moment. Don't try to figure out what God is doing while he's clipping you. <laughs> you can't. You're so caught up in what is happening. But you can't understand. That's why Isaiah 55 says, For my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. You cannot understand the reasons why God is doing it because you cannot see it today. And therefore, it goes over your head, and it is a waste of time. God knows his, his reasons are above our pay grade. That's where the sovereignty comes in. You see, I know what I'm doing. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. You know, it is like when you have children, and you're telling your three-year-old, you have to brush your teeth. You have to brush your teeth. But why? You have to brush your teeth. But why? And try to explain to a three or four-year-old about gum disease, about crooked teeth, about cavities and bad breath, and all kinds of other things, cavities that can cause heart problems. Try to explain that to a five-year-old. Impossible. Your ways, your thoughts are higher than his. And so are your ways. So just step into sovereignty. See, sovereignty. I liked it when I could use it with children now. They grow up and then you can't anymore. But sovereignty, when you say, because I said so. That's it. It's complete sovereignty. And so that's what God is saying. Trust my sovereignty. You see, the problem is 
trust in the gardener. And I couldn't trust the gardener, I couldn't trust Ivan, because I didn't understand his thinking and his actions. God is the most misunderstood person in the universe. He's so misunderstood because we judge him by what he does and how he does it. Instead of keeping pure the connection with his heart, that because of his heart, we can trust the process. He is good. With, he has our best interest at heart, and he will make it work out for good because of who he is. But when you focus on what he does, it can freak you out. You know, when you focus on why he's doing this, why did he let that happen? Why is he letting that happen? You will get freaked out and you, you, you will get lukewarm. But when you focus on his heart, you can breathe. And it's okay, and your relationship with him doesn't get affected. So Ivan said to me, he said the third horrible thing. See, I don't like this thing. He said them to me a lot. We were together for 31 years. You have no idea how many times I heard this. Wait. Just wait. Just wait. Honey, just trust me and wait. Relax, trust, and wait. And so he said, in two years from now, I promise you, in two summers from now, you are going to see what I can, what, with your physical eyes, what I can now see with the eye of the gardener. So it will become evident for you. You will see what I see today. But you have to wait. You will take, by the end of the second summer, two more summers, you will see it. I didn't believe him at all. I didn't believe anything he said. And see, that's the problem. If we don't understand, we don't believe God. And so I knew. I waited. I had no choice. But I was waiting to, because I wanted to prove him wrong. It's been two years. I'm going to tell him, I told you so. You killed my bush. You see? And then Jesus said, my father is the gardener. And that's the important thing, people. Pruning is a personal investment from the father in your life. He's the only one that prunes. He said, my father is the gardener. My father will prune, will prune the branches that are fruitful and are connected with me. You see, it's a personal investment because you are pleasing him, because you are doing well, because it's good, because you are fruitful. The father will step down from heaven to prune you. And it is learning to trust him. Because pruning doesn't feel good, but when you understand it, it is good. It is the best thing that can happen to you. Every time God prunes you, he brings another harvest. So you forget the things that are inside of you. You don't know everything got a place in your heart and within you. When he created you in your mother's womb, he put all kinds of seeds from heaven within you. You forget the promise that God has given you. You forget the prophecies you have received, but they are all inside there. And then he prunes to bring them out. He, every time he prunes you, he's bringing out those promises. He's bringing out those impartations that you received at the conference 
when you stood there and said, yes, I receive it. All those things are in there. He doesn't waste anything. He will pull it out through pruning. You see, you want your prophecies fulfilled. He will bring them up as he prunes you. And that is where we have to cooperate with the gardener in trusting the gardener. I have been pruned so many times in my life. You know, I have never liked it, but I have seen the fruit of it. I have worked with God for almost 45 years, and I have seen it. I have been in ministry for close to 40 years, and it's never failed. And I have been through the hardest year of my life. It, you know, I'm on the other side. Thank you, Jesus. But it was, you know, I mean, my husband went to heaven. That was just the beginning. I mean, everything, the things that happened as a chain of events have been the hardest thing. I had never uh, lost so much in my life, have gone through such a terrible earthly time as it was this past year, to the point that my mom, Carol Arnott, they're my parents, John and Carol, who lived with them and everything. They're my mom and dad. And I was having and visiting them, and we're talking, and she just said to me, honey, you became job to the fullness, your job. She said, but... We know how job ended, so breathe. And it was this place of realizing it doesn't feel good, but it is a good thing. So I said to the father, and uh, I, I mean, I, I'm out of that, and I'm experiencing the restoration of job. It's quite amazing what God is doing. But I was actually happy through most of it. I fell apart when Evan died. You have no idea. You know, and then thank God for inner healing, for the prayers of people all over the world, for people who gather with me for all kinds of ministry and, you know, and, and healing. But very quickly, things began to turn. And uh, so anyway, I, I actually look back without regrets in the last year, even though it has been the worst early year of my life, the hardest ever. But... You know, when all things were happening, I said to the Father, Father, I want you to know I don't like this. I don't like what's happening. I don't like any of this. I don't like how it feels. I don't like how it looks. I don't like anything about this. I said, I'm not complaining. I'm sharing because we have a friendship of trust. We don't keep secrets from each other. This is how I feel. I said, I don't like it. I'm just sharing. So, however, see, that's early human perspective. I don't like this. I don't want this. It doesn't feel good at all. I said that to him. I don't want this season. I don't want any of this. I, but immediately I stepped into heavenly perspective. And I said, however, I want you to know I'm extremely grateful that you have chosen to prune me one more time. That you looked at me and you saw it was worth investing in me one more time. That you still see within me something that you can put out for another harvest for you. There's more fruit inside of me than I thought I had. And you are pruning me to bring that out to me. And I said, I'm so grateful that you didn't say, well, we had a good run of 40 some years, 
you know, I got fruit from you. Now just hang in there because I'm going to prune other bushes. But you are still looking at me and are willing to invest into my life. There is more inside of me that will bring glory to you. And I said, because of that, I know this season that has been so hard or is so hard to walk through is going to bring glory to your name for you are bringing fruit out of it. You see, heavenly perspective. Heaven met me, and I have lived through this season with tremendous joy, peace, and it has been a great season. You see, but it's heavenly perspective and human perspective. So, trust in the gardener. I noticed when I been finished pruning my bush, he left me with a stump. I couldn't believe he reduced my glorious bush to a stump. And I said to him, why have you done this? One thing is you are pruning it, but this was murder. Like this is just plain murder. Like there's no other way to call this thing. Why do you do this? And he said, relax. He said, because, he said, the greater the harvest, the deeper the pruning. He said, if I prune according to what I see inside, the capacity of this bush is great. To bring it all out, the pruning has to be deep. He said, if I only do a light pruning, the, the fruit of it will be short-lived. It will be a little. I want you to have it all. You see, that is, sounds good that the outcome sounds good, but living doesn't. I just went through a stump pruning. I was left as a stump, I know. And so I also noticed because of human perspective, when I looked at my bush, I saw a stump. I lost interest in it. I became, I was, I was embarrassed for my stump. I used to be proud of the bush. Now I was embarrassed for the stump. And I wanted to hide the stump. I thought, what are people going to think now? There was something wrong with that stump, with that bush that they had to kill it like this. Because it has the appearance of human perspective. And that's how we feel when God is pruning our lives. We start feeling embarrassed, ashamed. What, something is wrong with me. What are, pe what are people going to think? And we judge each other. What people are being pruned, you know, we start releasing pity, feeling sorry for them. There, there, there. Poor you. And we start, you know, Christian gossip is the funniest thing. I'm not gossiping. I'm just telling you this for prayer. You know, there's Christian gossip. And, you know, just for prayer. And so... Anyway, you start telling each other, you know, you know, Susie Jean over there, she used to be the best worship leader and she used to sing and opportunities, she was there and heaven moved. Now, you don't hear from her. There is no opportunities for her. Something is wrong. I wonder what her hidden sin is. What is happening with her? What she did that this is happening? Because she's a stump now. You see, and you start feeling, you know, criticize the stump because of human perspective. 
without realizing that pruning is bringing out something greater than what she had before. You see, that is what happens for pruning. The harvest after pruning, the fruitfulness after pruning is greater than before pruning. Don't look back at what you had. Look forward to what is coming. You see, after pruning, but I also noticed something. I lost interest in looking after it, but the gardener didn't. Ivan invested into the stump because he knew what he was doing. He nurtured it. He fertilized it. He watched over it. I kept thinking, there's nothing to invest into. Really, why do you want me to keep investing into this ministry, into the gift, into the calling, into this business, into this relationship? There is no fruit in it. It looks dead. But the gardener never stops. The gardener continues investing. Just the same because he knows what he's bringing out of you. See, just wait, trust, and relax. You see, and sure enough, the two years passed. And at the end of the second, the third summer from then, as Ivan said, that bush began to grow and reach the second story of our house, the second floor. We had to tie it from the balcony on the second floor of the house. It covered the whole front of the house, not just the window. We had to tie it, go, it went around the house. We had to cut it for the, wind, for the door because it kept on going. The clusters of roses tripled. The fragrance of those roses was so strong that people down the street, my neighbors, opened their windows to get the fragrance into their homes. Yes, it was incredible. I had never seen anything like it. Our friends in the church had never seen anything like it. And then I began to watch as people drove past my house. This time, they didn't slow down and roll the window. They stopped, came out, and took pictures because it was magnificent. The glory of the, the latter glory of that bush was way better than the former. And I stood there realizing the gardener was right. He knew what he was doing. You see, he knew what he was doing. And that's the thing, we don't know why he knows. And we see the person next to us being pruned. We don't understand because we don't know what is inside of them. We see a church being pruned or a ministry. We judge by appearance without realizing it has promises. It has a destiny inside that God is bringing out through pruning. You see, and that's what we have to cheer each other on, believe for each other, build a culture of this is a good thing. Let's partner with heaven. Let's fertilize you while you're a stump. Because it is very easy. when you, We can see, as a pastor, I could see when people were being pruned, they were doing great. At the front, worshiping and serving God, and everything was amazing. Pruning would come because it happens when you're fruitful, for more fruit. And suddenly, they stop singing at the front. Then you see them two rows back, three rows back, five rows back. Then they're sitting at the back wall. Then they stop coming altogether. They stop investing into it because there's nothing to invest in. Look what's happening to me. Everything is wrong. 
And I remember a pruning when I said, so I actually, in one of the hardest prunings of my life, I said to the Lord, so this is how you reward faithfulness. By causing everything to go wrong, you reward faithfulness. See, that's how it feels. And then, because you don't understand, and then you start backing down, because if God is letting this happen or causing this, or why keep being faithful if this is what you get? Instead of waiting and realizing it is because of your faithfulness that it is happening, because God is taking you to another level and another level to fulfill every potential that is within you. But the most amazing thing happened at the end of the pruning. I stood there, and my whole perspective changed. I stopped bragging about my bush. I stopped throwing identity and pride on my bush. And I began to brag all over town about the gardener. I began to tell people, you won't believe what my gardener did to me. You won't believe. Ivan is amazing. He knows what he's doing. I didn't think he did, but he did. And he has given me something much greater. You see, I couldn't understand the process. I couldn't trust the process, but he knew. And I would tell people, if you let him come, he will kill your bush and make it amazing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> he knows what he's doing. You know, if you want a great garden, call him. Get, let him come to your garden. You see, Jesus said in verse 8, John 15, verse 8, 8, for when we are fruitful, after pruning, the fruitfulness after pruning, he's talking about the fruitfulness after pruning, said, when that happens, you prove to be my disciples. Second, a dis disciple means a true imitator of Jesus, a, ca a copy of him. So, and he said, that fruitfulness is, will bring great glory, great glory, not just glory, great glory to my Father. See, the, har fruit, the harvest after pruning is completely for the glory of the Father. You see, so I want us to stand together and pray because that season has changed. Many of you, most of you, all of you have been pruned. Even though at times you didn't understand that's what it was. And because of the lack of understanding, you haven't been able, you couldn't appreciate it, you have been frustrated, you have been challenged, you have been disappointed. You have misunderstood the gardener. We're supposed to be watching over you and watching over this and that and watching over all situations. And instead, look what he's letting happen. Because of that, you have missed out on the harvest of those burnings. But God restores and he redeems. And I know as a church, God is bringing you to fruitfulness for God is lifting you up to the 80 and 100. For you have been up to the 60%, which is amazing. Very few churches bring a 60% of harvest to the Father, but you have. But because of that, God is bringing you to this 80 and 100 now. And it's 
I just heard the trumpet. It is starting now. There is a release happening in heaven over you. You see, but the thing is, you will be pruned again and again. You cannot grow without it. You will not see anything without pruning. So we need to be prepared and have vision and relax, trust and wait. But if you, the more promises you receive, the more pruning will come, remember? The more prophecies you receive, the greater pruning is going to come. It's a good thing. Heavenly perspective, it's a good thing to be pruned. And because I know the Father is well pleased with this house, he will bring all the harvest you have been asking for and more. And the more you ask, it's going to come. God has granted your favor like Esther over this house, and you carry the favor of Esther, for you have been found to be an Esther before the king. And because of that, you're going to receive the favor of the king, which is a different favor. The favor of the king that gives you authority as the king himself with the same glory as the king, with the same authority, with the same um, sharing as the king in his glory, in his authority. That is not a favor that God throws around at all, and God is grieving, giving it to you. And I heard the Lord saying, he is bringing you to a great season of revival. You have a promise for revival in this house, and God created this house to collect the harvest of the city, the nation, and go to the nations. For the Lord has called you to be an Antioch in the kingdom, and you will send the harvesters to the nations, and the gleaners will be collected. You're going to see breakthroughs, for the Lord is giving you today authority for breakthrough in the land. And the Lord saying, prepare yourselves for enlargement of territory for your tent pegs are being pulled out of the ground and the tent is being stretched to cover much more territory than what you thought for God is adding unto you for five portions of heaven have been granted to you and you are going to start seeing the rings of influence increasing in your lives for God is releasing an amazing realm of influence into this house beyond what you expected and I heard the Lord saying today is turn, his turning pages over your lives there is a page being turned for each of you there is a page being turned for this house and even a page being turned for the community the Lord is going to move I saw fire coming to burn all the leaves, to burn all the rubbish that has been left behind. But the Lord saying, even as gold has purified through fire, there has been purifying fires in your lives. And God is now bringing you into a season when you will delight. There is a delight coming into your lives, a delight, a season of great delight arising within you and a season of delight in this house where there is going to be a breakthrough from battles and opposition. God is going to remove opposition. But when I looked at the two of you, I heard the Lord saying, he's giving to both of you the reward and the blessing of King Jehoshaphat. And you will be known as a Jehoshaphat in the kingdom and in the land. For you have believed God like King Jehoshaphat and advanced. And you have taken this house just in the same way that King Jehoshaphat took his kingdom forward, trusting and believing God 
the Lord is defeating the enemies of this house as he did with King Jehoshaphat. You will not have to fight those enemies for God will defeat them, but the Lord is making you plunderers. You will collect the spoils of your battles. You will collect the spoils of other generations and the spoils that have been left in the kingdom. Raise the plunderers, but you are going to see the dividends, the spoils of the battles. It's a season for your spoils for this house, for the spoils of this house. Because of you, the Lord is going to release uh, great spoils to the whole ha the whole church, to everyone in this house, and those that God is going to add. But the fame of God will spread. For Scripture says that when the enemy of enemy nations, neighboring nations, heard what God did for Jehoshaphat, no one there to bother him or his kingdom again. And it, this is for the two of you. It is for your children and even children's children if Jesus has not returned by then. And for everyone in this house as well. For those who will be so spiritual sons and daughters to you will enter into this. Planters, peace and rest. Time for spoils. This is heard another trumpet. There was re there's releasing heaven for advancement for the two of you. Brother, you have an amazing apostolic authority that you have grown into. And the Lord is increasing that apostolic mantle. But there is a visionary anointing. God is releasing into your life that he's going to make a visionary over visionaries. For you are sitting on a very high mountaintop. From there, the Lord is going to lift up that mountaintop higher than what you have seen. You will see strategy arising for the whole kingdom. And you will release the scrolls. And you will release vision. And you will release a strategy for the kingdom, for that they will come and you will be known for that, for the two of you are bringing breakthrough. Dear, you are a mighty woman of fire and a mighty woman of faith. You are a Deborah in the kingdom, a woman of victory. And the Lord is releasing new authority for victory that is going to take you into unprecedented territories and uncharted territories. Dear, you are going to stand when many will, many will try to oppose you like Deborah and say you can't do this or that. But just like Deborah, you will see God endorsing you and God coming through for you because dear, you are highly prophetic but the Lord is releasing more and more that warrior spirit, that victory spirit, that overcoming spirit that is going to affect everybody and even the community. For dear, you are also an amazing teacher of the word and the Lord is going to release a greater spirit of revelation for you to break the loaves of bread and release them into the land. The Lord saying for the two of you, there is going to be a financial harvest coming for you personally, for you have laid down everything and you have given the widow's might and at times lived out of the widow's might. And the Lord is bringing now the reward of the widow's might for the two of you. And I saw even your house becoming bigger and enlarged. There will be a move to another house, physical house, that's going to have more room. And there's going to be even uh, more comfort and an increase even for greater hospitality that will come. There is going to be a provision, a supernatural provision coming that's also going to affect this house when you are going to see God multiplying the fish and the bread in a greater way for the giving out of this house at times is going to surpass the, in the incoming provision but you are never going to run out of anything for the Lord will also give you personally that fish with a coin in the mouth. As the Lord said to Peter, go find it, pay your, the bills with it and the taxes with it. And the Lord is going to release that for you guys are going to see a supernatural release in the, uh, of 
of uh, to keep you out of debt and to keep you you know on top of everything as the journey goes on for that will to be a sign and a wonder so father right now as we stand before you i just want to bless this house and i want to release an impartation right now for the change of seasons that has already manifested and I call forth right now the shift in the atmosphere to manifest over this house and everyone who is here right now. Father and everyone who is part of this house and is not here uh, today, I release right now the shift on the atmosphere that is going to cause a perfect alignment between heaven and earth. And I call for the inheritance that belongs to you. And I declare right now the end of winter to manifest and the manifestation of the spring season, the hope of the spring, the freedom of the spring, the joy of the spring to become a reality now. In the name of Jesus, with authority given to me, I also call forth the fruitfulness of every past pruning of this house and of everyone individually who is here right now, that every pruning and the fruit of your sufferings will come forth right now, the reward of your sufferings to manifest for you and your households in the name of Jesus. And I call forth right now greater fruitfulness, the Porsche, the 60, 80, and 100. I call for the 80 and 100 right now over your lives that you will move into those portions of dividends for the kingdom with everything as you have been faithful to be released right now for the glory of God is upon this house. And Father, right now, I just ask that you will wash away all the weariness of misunderstandings of the past all the weariness of the process, of the process. Father, the frustrations, the heaviness. Father, the sorrows of the heart, the disappointments. That they will turn into joy. All that misunderstanding has caused because of pruning. And right now, in Jesus' name, I release an impartation for transition from earthly to heavenly. From earthly to heavenly right now, I call forth right now a supernatural gift of faith to be released into you, to push you into heavenly living and heavenly perspective in every situation of your lives. And I break off the power of the spirit of the world that has been hindering the advancement and the release of your promises right now as it is the spirit of the world that holds a human perspective that Jesus said is a deadly trap. So I break that off in the name of Jesus and with the authority given to me, I release this house from the influence of the spirit of the world and the influence of human perspective in Jesus' name. And I bless you to live 100% in the fullness in the fullness of your heavenly inheritance, heavenly life, and heavenly perception here, today, and forever, in Jesus' name.